Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Well, grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is good to see you all in the building and all, all of you who are watching us online. God bless you. All of you online, I see you in the chats and stuff, so y'all going crazy in there, so God bless you. Um, grace and peace be unto you. From God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, <laughs> also pray for my wife. We found out yesterday we are having a baby boy he is on his way so she's home she's home recovering <laughs> and so y'all pray for her she uh leads worship here along with boomy and and um she was wanting to go but then i had to tell her no you're staying home <laughs> you're staying home and so we give god praise for that matthew chapter 9 verse 35 Verse 35, and it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37 says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Verse 38 says, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest. Pray, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Therefore pray Pray, therefore pray the Lord of his of the harvest. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want to briefly talk to you real quick about the need is great. Say the need is great. The need is great. All right, let me start off like this with you. I want us to I want to challenge us as a people for a second. I want to challenge us uh, today to kind of um do something that we struggle with sometimes, look beyond ourselves. You feel me? Looking beyond ourselves and seeing the necessity of partnering with God to see transformation. Yeah. I want to give you some statistics that I saw here uh, that were kind of interesting to me, and I want to share them with you. According to uh, LifeWay Research in 2021, it says that a third of the unchurched, 33%, say they admire the faith of their Christian friends. Fewer say they merely put up with it, 18%. 13% say they ignore it. 1% say that they give their Christian friends a hard time. And then 1% try to change their friend's faith. While 47%, listen to this, 47% are open to general religious conversations. 79% of the unchurched say they don't mind their Christian friends talking about their faith. 23% of them say that they think that their Christian friends talk about their faith too much. 
while only 5% only uh, uh, strongly feel that way. Only 5% of them only feel that way. Then I hate using this word because I don't really like using it. It's overused. Millennials, according to a Barna group study in 2019, it says that 47% agree at least somewhat that it is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. It's interesting. So what does those statistics tell you? I ain't just quote numbers just to quote them, right? It, it tells you something. It, it tells you something. Number one, it tells you that we're missing opportunities. Number two, it tells you that there's a misconception that sharing your faith is somewhat wrong or intrusive yeah. or just mentioning it like, ooh, I don't want that, ooh, get away, you know, that, that's, that, that's the type of vibe that is coming across. And then three, it lets you know that there is opportunity that is there. Surprisingly, people don't mind you talking about it. Yeah. Surprisingly, your friends kind of admire like, wow, I see how you're doing. He already gave me an amen. That's right. <laughs> I love when children are in church. I love it. Listen, so the crazy thing about it is, is that people, ladies and gentlemen, are open. While they're, but while people are open, right, you have another population of people that think that it's wrong. Now, the crazy thing about it is, is that we're getting thrown things in front of our faces 24-7. There are different agendas, there are different plans, there's all of this stuff that's being presented in front of us all the time. The kingdoms of dark, the kingdom of darkness and the enemy, they don't care about if you like it or not. They're just going to put it in front of you. He is the ruler of the airways. And so there's a lot of things that are being thrown at us all of the time because it is trying to sway you to act upon something. All right. Like, listen, like, listen, uh, my wife, we're in baby season right now. And anything that seems like it's some type of technological thing that getting thrown out, like they got wipes that are like climate control. And so my father, yes, <laughs> my father, that's the day. <laughs> so my father was like yesterday, girl, they trying to play you. <laughs> <laughs> them wipes are going to be room temperature. <laughs> they trying to play you. But that's my example. They don't care. They trying to make some money. They trying to sway you to do something. Put it in front of a person enough, you start thinking about it. Let's think about this. There are certain songs that I know I hate. But you hear it well enough, more than enough, you start riding the song with it. You start riding, putting it in the car. Because you didn't heard it so much, so many times. I mean, like when Cardi B came out with her song, Kodak Yellow, oh my God. I didn't like that song. <laughs> but you heard it enough in her voice, like, <laughs> you start playing it. <laughs> you start really going in. I'm like, oh, yes. Because you heard it enough. Nobody cares about how they going to throw it in front of you. I'm trying to get your streaming number. Nobody cares. But when it comes to us as believers, man, I tell you, we are very discreet. Like, we don't want nobody to know we saved. 
It's amazing to me. It's like, I remember, I remember I wouldn't say certain things. Like, I knew when the conversations was coming up, you know, in college and stuff like that. I don't, let me be quiet. I don't want them to think I know Jesus. Let me know. I don't want them to try to misjudge me. Even at work sometimes. Now I've gotten better over this over the years. But even at work sometimes when it comes up in conversation, I'm like, oh, Lord, damn. Do I got to really do this today? And then they say something, and then, all right, now let me, <laughs> all right, I'm going to let this go. Let me say a little something. Let me, let me just let you know what line I'm on. You feel me? So that's how I kind of, yeah, you kind of want to, you know. You don't want to get in the conversations like, listen, I don't want them to start changing up because, ooh, here you go. You the Mr. Mr. Christian, Mr. Do-Right. You know how people try to misjudge you, put you in that category. Well, I mean, not say nothing around. And people don't want to be themselves. But I find that we don't do ourselves a, di a, a disservice. We do ourselves a disservice and that person a disservice. You want to know why? Jesus wasn't intimidated by these conversations. He actually opened them. He was open to them. He talked to all kinds of people, never conformed to where they were, but he was open to have a dialogue. I see the misconception, ladies and gentlemen, is thinking that you need to come up to walk up to somebody random on the street and say, hey, you know, Jesus, that's not how it works. There's some who can do that and God bless you. All right. You're an evangelist. We need that. That's a part of the body of Christ. But there's different ways that we have to go about evangelism. It's more like for those of us who are not as in our personality type as outgoing, we have to depend on our relational skills. And that's what I want to deal with. More relational. Because the truth of the matter is not everybody's as boisterous and, you know, who who is as bold as that. But we have boldness to get you one on one. I have boldness to kind of talk with you and. And it don't got to be like nothing like that, but it's just opportunities. The politics conversation always comes up. The religious conversation comes up. And those are moments and opportunities to share a little bit your personal way of how you came to Christ. Or whatever the person's dealing with, listening and seeing how, okay, let me kind of, well, this is what God did for me in your particular situation. Well, I don't believe in God. Oh, that's, that's fine. I ain't trying. But let me show you something. This is how he walked me through out of a divorce. This is how he walked me through with dealing with my particular child. This is how he walked me through when I was dealing with this financial situation. And this is opening up to, oh, I see how you bounce out of that. And that then starts, you start sowing seeds in a person. The problem, this is what the, the kingdom, uh, the rulers of this world do. They sow seeds. You sow enough of it, it's going to reap something. Yeah, yeah. When we look at the, the, the calamities and different things of this world, there were seeds that were sown that over time harvested into evil producing. Yeah. Let's look at what recently happened. Unfortunately, it happened within the church and then Buffalo, but seeds were sown that over time developed such hatred in that person that will go into a church and shoot it up. That's because there were seeds sown. But what if there were seeds of, that were sown of Christ in that individual? It makes a difference. 
See, the true matter that we have to understand, like I told us last week, is that as God said to Jeremiah, that the heart is wicked and no man would know it. Believe it or not, and this is what I always, people who tell me I'm a good person, I'm good, you know, I'm just so, you know, I feel like I do right and I feel like I do well. Well, I ask you this, well, have you ever thought a bad thought in your life? Well, yeah, I have. Well, then you ain't that good then. <laughs> have you ever thought about when somebody pissed you off and you had all of this scenario in your mind about what you would do to them? Yeah. That you ain't so good then. Why do you feel the way you feel? Because your heart is wicked. You need Jesus. Because if I didn't have him, I would tell you about yourself. I would come to your corner. I would let you know what it is. But the Holy Spirit being on the inside of me restrains me to really act out those evils that I would do in my heart. Does that make sense? That's why you need Jesus. Because a lot of people are saved from your wrath because of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> They're saved. You are saved for these hands because of the Holy Ghost. I will have time for anybody if it was not for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I have time today. Today is one of those moments. I got time. But the Holy Ghost. Every time. Have you, anybody ever had the moment where you knew you were about to have a conversation with this individual and you already pre-programmed what you were about to say? You had it prepared. You was looking in the mirror. You ain't nothing. Da, da, da. I had it ready. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost. You get in front of them. Man, God, why you didn't let me say what I wanted to say? Ugh. Why do I have to be a Christian today? <laughs> Every time. You'd be like, man. Next time. Next time. I'm joking about this, but this is serious, right? Because people need to come into fellowship with Jesus. How else will love be spread unless we share with them what true love is? There is a need that's out here, y'all, and the world is getting darker. And that's what the numbers are telling you. And it's going to grow dark, but it can, but even in darkness... There has to be light that shines. The reason why that I like this verse, and I'm not going to be long because I'm coming, going to start coming home. Here it is. The reason why this verse is important, because I want to show you what Jesus does here. He said, then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel. I mean, he's, he's doing his thing. Laying hands on the sick, people recovering. But here's the thing. But when he saw the multitudes, now some would say, scholars that would say that this was happening around Galilee, specifically Capernaum, but they can't really mark where exactly where this event happened. Luke talks about it in Luke chapter 10, but nobody talks about the place. Um, but Jesus sees the multitudes of people. He's been teaching, healing, all of this stuff. And Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, it says that he's moved with compassion for them. Yeah. 
He's moved with compassion. Let me tell you something. A lot of things has to start when you are moved with compassion. See, when you're compat, when you are moved with compassion, you go beyond yourself. You realize, see, when you're moved with compassion, you move out of your own selfish state and move into more where the, the, the godly mindset to have compassion on particular situations that arises. He's looking at the multitudes. He's seeing what they feel. And the scripture tells you right here, it says, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we were before we came to Christ. That's how we were. We were like sheep with no shepherd. Here's the thing about sheep. Sheep wander, y'all. Sheep are not the smartest animals in the bunch. They will literally, sheep will literally, if they're not guided, sheep will go into dangerous places. If there's no one to guide it along in green pastures, then they're going to have some issues. Sheep cannot find their own resource. Sheep needs a shepherd to give resource. And if sheep are not under the shepherd, what happens is they are prone to the dangers of this world that can kill them because they're in danger zone. Ladies and gentlemen, when Daniel was tend, excuse me, when David was tending the sheep of his father Jesse, he told when he went to go fight Goliath, he told Saul, "I fought lions and the bear when they tried to eat of my sheep. Why? Because sheep, when because the reason why he was shepherding them is because if they got away from him." They were prone to get swallowed up into the dangers. And this is just like us. We can get swallowed up when we don't allow God to shepherd us. And even as believers, our hearts are prone to wonder. And that's why we need Jesus and have to stay under his lordship. Because if we don't, we find ourselves in a lot of complicated situations that we don't have to find ourselves in. Because let me tell you something, we have to become one with who we are. What do I mean by that? You and I are sheep. We don't make always the wisest decisions. We need, that's why we, you know, everybody loves to quote Psalm 23. Even unbelievers know Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. We quote all of those things, right? But not a lot of us are really, even saved, are not really experiencing the true fulfillment of that scripture. Though I may be in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord thy God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. That In that psalm, you see the true attributes of God our shepherd in full display. And he says, that's what you and I can experience, a true shepherd. Jesus got on, uh, excuse me, God in the Old Testament, God the Father in the Old Testament, talking to Ezekiel. He gets on the shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel, I believe, 34, because he, the, the, they haven't been, they've been more, more concerned about themselves than other people. 
getting fat off the land. Getting, I mean, taking on the, all the delicacies and the selfishness and benefiting off the people. And he's saying, what are you doing? He rebukes them. Why? Because, listen, the reason why some people won't get with your faith is because a lot of times when you talk to people, oh, you people are rude and all of this stuff like that. But you see it's rude people all the time. Don't shy me away from going to certain places. Even when the food good, I know I don't get good service out of Popeyes, but sometimes they just so good, you know. <laughs> Who am I? You know what I'm saying? Now I avoid it by door dashing. <laughs> just saying. But what I'm making a mention to is, y'all, that there is a great need here. And when you understand how you were as a sheep with no guidance, you understand and have compassion for those because they were discouraged. They were disheartened. And what you got to remember what Jesus, when he came into your life and the experience that you had with him and what he's doing in your life now. And you say, listen, I've been there. Even in my mistakes, I know he's been there and he's guided me through even my own flaws. Jesus, lady, the thing about that I found that's so interesting is that this word compassion in the in the Greek, it is the most strongest word used for pity. The strongest word used for pity, meaning that Jesus sympathized with them. He didn't empathize. No, he sympathized. That's why the Hebrew writer says that we do not serve a chief high priest who is not in touch with our feelings. Jesus is in touch with where we are, and people have to understand that. How can this God that's so transcending be so in touch with me? Why? Because he submitted himself to his own process. He couldn't become the chief high priest unless he submitted himself to his own human experience. Jesus knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to, uh, for loss. He knows what it is to raise, uh, to, to, to be in a single-parent household after, his, after uh, 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 Joseph died. He understands how to work, and he understands the pains of work because he was a carpenter. He knows, I don't really feel like waking up tomorrow to go into, <laughs> go into the office. He knows how that feels, and a lot of people, what Christ has to offer that is different than any other religion is that he can sympathize with us because he lived the experience. He knows what it is to be betrayed by your closest people. He knows what it means to be uh, uh, crucified. He knows what it means when God can literally raise you back up when things look like it got the best of you. He knows what it means. He knows what it means to be poor. He knows what it means to be rich. So there is nothing that Jesus has not been able to feel that you and I will not feel in this human experience. You and I are a spirit wrapped in a soul in this body living a human experience. And he says, I'm in touch with that. And he had compassion because they were discouraged. They were scattered all around. And he said, listen, I got love in my heart for them. And then this is what he says. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly, is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. What Jesus is saying here, ladies and gentlemen, the harvest is referring to people. It's referring to people, ladies and gentlemen. He's saying that the harvest is truly plentiful. Yes, 
The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few, meaning that, ladies and gentlemen, that while the harvest is plentiful with people, there is a shortage in laborers to, 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 to reap the harvest that is there. Not enough people, ladies and gentlemen, who would be willing and open to, to make themselves available to serve God in this harvest. Sometimes, unfortunately, people have it is, is that when they get saved, they're like, oh, I punched my ticket into heaven. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I don't need, you know, you know, I'm good. I'm in heaven, you know, find it out for your own self. Amen. I'm like, that's not the mentality that we ought to have. It's not the mentality that we ought to have. We have to learn and understand that, guess what? While the harvest is plentiful, there's people that are, uh, people are there. You saw the numbers that I gave you, but the truth of the matter is what is happening in front of us, ladies and gentlemen, is that we are became ashamed of our faith instead of being open about our faith. And the reason why we're seeing certain darkness happen, even in our families, is because we're not open enough to share and also live out that way which is that which we have professed. And so the reality of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that when you give your life to Christ, you've came into a partnership with God. That your life is beyond your what is beyond uh, is beyond yourself. There's more to your story. There's more to your purpose. And it's more than this you getting what you can get out of it. Now, let me tell you something. You will be blessed in the process of it. But the real reality of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, is the, those who your life will touch. You don't understand a simple smile. Nobody knows why you smile. Nobody knows how your personality that is. And you see how that can have an effect on someone. And open a conversation for you to share Christ. You don't understand how you just being you and just living and, and, and trying to live out what you profess could do for somebody who may not have saw it right in their own house. You don't know what that will be. You don't know what that will do. A lot of us think it's just about I, 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 I. But let me tell you something. A part of you picking up your cross is, and following Christ is dying to yourself. Realizing that my life has been bigger meaning than just what I can get out of God. It's about who I can bless along this process. Who can I be a blessing to? How can I be a listening ear? How can I lead somebody just, just to, hey, if it ain't about, I, I may not get you saved in one day, but how can I just let you know, just point you along and then somebody can, one, see, Paul said, one waters, one plants, but it's the Lord who gets the increase. It is God who gets the increase, y'all. And so we have to understand that the need is great because there is a big harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, there's a shortage in the laborers. Say over yourself, am I, ask yourself the question, am I a laborer? Am I a laborer or am I just someone just going in the motion? Am I a laborer? Am I willing to labor in for the gospel? He says, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What Jesus says to his disciples, you have to pray earnestly. 
that the Lord of the harvest, because he is the Lord of the harvest, so therefore he's the one that is responsible as we pray to send them into his harvest. This is what I like what uh, Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. The church, ladies and gentlemen, is not this edifice that we stand in. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, guess what? You are the house of the Lord. His spirit is now deposited in you. His spirit now dwells among us all, and it is up to us to walk out his plan in the earth. And And this is to whatever sphere of influence you have. Let me tell you something. You don't have to stand up here with a mic. You don't have to do some of your greatest work is going to be out there in that vineyard. Your vineyard is your home. Your vineyard is your workplace. Your vineyard is wherever I bring myself to. Wherever you go up and show up, that's where the kingdom of God is shown up. That means that whatever foolishness was going on prior to me getting here, it's got to cease because the kingdom of God has now arrived. And wherever the kingdom of God is, there will be order. Wherever the kingdom of God is, there ain't going to be a bunch of foolishness because guess what? I'm here to pray it out of here. I declare that my house is saved. I declare that my workplace, I don't care about that manager that's giving me a hard time. I pray them out of there. It don't matter. That's what happens. That's the authority that I have in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because wherever I show up, the kingdom shows up. Says wherever I show up, The kingdom shows up. Second Corinthians chapter six. Real quick. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one. We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Let me tell you something. You didn't receive this grace for yourself. You received it so that you can then be partakers of the grace of God. That you can also share in the grace of God with other people and spread it to other people. Ladies and gentlemen, we work together with God. And so Paul was pleading to the church of Corinth. He said, listen, I plead to you, don't just receive God's grace in vain. I wasn't saved just to be saved, but I was saved to touch somebody else. I was saved that people in my household could get saved. I was saved so people that come in contact with me can know who Christ is. I, was, I did not receive his grace in vain. Paul said, I work harder than the rest of them because of the grace of God. It was the grace of God that allowed me to endure what I did because I didn't receive God's grace in vain. I didn't take it in vain that he would save a wretched man like me. I didn't take it in vain that when I was lost and I was going about killing his people that he would meet me on Damascus Road and tell me, why are you picking against the bricks? And because of that, I changed my life around because I had an encounter with Jesus and because I met Jesus I gotta let other people know that there is a man from Galilee that's oh my God that can save you just like he did me you are not beyond the hand of God your sin is not beyond the hand of God you are not beyond the hand of God touching your life and when you understand this type of grace When you understand how your life has been wrecked because of grace, then you say, listen, 
I don't got to be all smojo out here and say, hey, follow the I don't got to do that. I can just shine everywhere I go. I can just shine. And when it comes up, I give her. I'm ready to give an account. I don't got to listen. I don't got to know all the scriptures, but I do know one thing. Jesus saves. I don't may not know everything that there is to know, but I do know this. I was a hellion before I met him. I don't know. I don't know much. I don't know what about you, but I was struggling with anxiety, stress, depression, and all of that stuff. But there was a time I met Jesus. And what happens is he made my mind clear than what had ever been. I don't got to tell you every scripture I know, but I tell you this. It was perfect. Personal for me. He didn't, I didn't have an identity before, but he made me, a, he, he gave me an identity. He said I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. There was when Christ got a hold of me. I don't take this grace in vain. Because I understand that it was costly for God to send his son to die for me. I don't take it in vain. I don't take it in vain. I don't take it in vain. So number one, you must pray that God would sin. Prayer is the powerful force here. But then you have to be open that God says, okay, my response to your prayer is you. I know you don't feel equipped. I know you, I know you don't feel like, like God, I, I, I ain't no preacher. I ain't this. I ain't that. I ain't yada, yada, yada. Who cares? He don't care. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God can do that for you if you would open yourself up to him. Listen, this is what he says here, and I'm finishing. So this is what Jesus said to the disciples as he was going away. Hear me. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And he ends it like this. And when he had this, and when he had said this, he breathed on him and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. See, this is how you're going to be able to be a witness and, 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 and be a laborer in his vineyard. He didn't say, okay, as, as the father sent me, I send you and you just go in your own strength. But this is what he did. He said he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And when we're about to celebrate on Pentecost Sunday is the thing that he breathed on the church. He said, okay, you are my people. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to empower you. I'm going to equip you with my spirit now that's on the inside of you. All you got to do is receive it and walk in, and walk in the spirit. You got to just walk in the spirit. You don't need. Let me tell you something. The same Holy Spirit that's in me is the same Holy Spirit in you. The same spirit. Well, pastor, he can drive out them spirits. So can you. So can you. But I just like how the way you pray. No, 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 no. God hears the same voice in me that he hears of you. You can drive out. If you ain't feeling right in your body, you drive that spirit out of there. Say the spirit of infirmity come out of me. 
you feeling like oh my god you feel like you're going to that low place you gotta say to yourself spirit of the living god hallelujah i need you to touch me right here i feel myself going low right here i feel myself getting in depression but god you i'm putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness i declare my mind is healed i declare my body is healed i gotta speak what god speaks and say over my life because the same spirit that's in me is in you I don't know pastor's number. You don't need it. Call on God. I can't help you. Jesus can. <laughs> I, will, I, I ain't die for your sin. I don't got the spirit to give you. Oh, but he does. <laughs> and I don't mind coming into agreement with you, but I got to teach you how to fight and how to win. I got to teach you that when the moment come in midnight, when your darkest hour is among you, what do you do in that moment? You call on the name that's above any other name. You call on that name that at every name, at every name, gotta bow, every tongue, gotta confess. You gotta call on the name that works. You can't call on my name. That don't do nothing for you. You got to call on what works. You got to call on what works. He said, receive the spirit. You going to meet the need that's out there? You worrying about that child? You worrying about that individual? You worried about that loved one? I dare you to call the name of Jesus on him and that Jesus would arrest him. You want to have, oh my God, you praying that uh, uh, certain things in your family will be reconciled? Well, you call on the name that works. You want, oh my God, you dealing with, you call on the name that works. And because when you know how to call on him, then you can teach other people how to call on him. Oh, because those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what works. You want to know what works? You call on the name of God. And when you do that, I can help other people along the way. I can, hey, you, I may not be able to get you all the time, but guess what? Let me show you. Oh my goodness, let me tell you something. I just need one window, one window of opportunity. You know what's so funny? That my brother, ladies and gentlemen, when I told him I'm out to preach this weekend, he experienced the same thing with a friend of his that just opened up a conversation. You know, I've been noticing you, I've been noticing it. And you know, one thing I like about you, Vernon, you've never pressed religion on me. You never do that, but then the conversation opened because guess what it may not happen today but as people have been looking at you for a while it gives them the impression let me just I just want to know what is it that what is it that why you believe what you believe that opens the door all I need is a sliver of opportunity and I can show you about this man hallelujah that came through from 42 through generations i can show you this man hallelujah that was without sin oh but he who knew no sin became sin that we may be made righteous of god i can tell you about a man he ain't no fictitious character he ain't no mythological person no i'm gonna tell you about the uncreated god who came down from heaven on the earth and there's a historical fact that he got up from the grave and that's why we say oh grave where is your sting oh death where is your victory because their need is great and guess what you ain't gonna go to hell on my behalf the need 
is great. But you have to understand that when opportunity presents itself, don't be ashamed. God was, Jesus wasn't ashamed of you. Jesus hung on that cross, naked, embarrassed, mocked, all of the above. And he did it for you. So my question is, why are you so ashamed? And don't let society tell you that's intrusive. You know why? Because they do it to us every day. <laughs> in the shows our kids watch and what we watch and what's being thrown in front of us 24-7 there's an agenda that's being pushed I'm not here for no political thing this ain't no political message ain't none of that stuff I'm just telling you the real honest truth we see things in front of us every day I was watching one of these shows with my little nephew he was over the house I said what in the devil's name is this <laughs> I said, get this off. Where the wholesome little kids shows? And I said, what in the world is this? There's an agenda that's being pushed, y'all. And while that's being pushed, we got to be louder. Darkness can't be louder than, than good. Sin can't be greater than the grace of God. We can't be made to feel ashamed. Oh, you just trying to throw it. I know I'm not throwing it down your throat. I'm just... The, you, the conversation came up you want to know here's my truth and it ain't even my truth to give you it's the truth you can believe whatever you want to believe and that's fine I'm not here because you have to understand this and I'm done have to understand this that when the apostles came into each city they did not come trying to switch anyone's faith they didn't now, if you got saved because of it, great, right? But they came to reason with you. Yeah. Reasoning versus me just being ah, 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 two different things. You feel me? Yeah. I came to reason with you. Just have a dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever comes from that dialogue is your choice. Yeah. I'm just here to reason. I'm just here to reason. Stand to your feet. The great, the need is... Great. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, I offer you Jesus today. Let me tell you something. I, I tell you, I say this all the time because this is something that I believe in. I'll go to the grave in, in with this. Heaven and hell are real places. This ain't some made up thing. It's a real thing. And I challenge you today, if you don't know Jesus, it is not complicated. You don't got to jump through hoops. You don't got to do any of that stuff. All Jesus said, all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he's Lord. And you are saved. And you are saved. If you don't know Jesus in this moment, I challenge you right now to give your life to him. Stop being a sheep with no shepherd. I introduce you to the good shepherd today. He died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again and he ascended to the right hand of the Father just for you and I. And I offer you him today. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can do that as well. It's available for you. He, God didn't leave the situation. You did. But guess what he's doing? Arms stretched open. Come back home. Those of you watching online, those of you in person, come back home. 
come back home. If you need a church home, I would love to be your pastor. I'd love to pass you. Our team would love to be passing you. But I'm more important that you know Jesus because you can go to church all you want to and still not find your way. I'm more concerned about you being knowing who Jesus is. So repeat this prayer after me. It's not the prayer that makes you saved. It's your true confession. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, I, I, I acknowledge that you died on the cross, that you were buried, that you rose again, and that you ascended to the right hand of the Father just for me. I'm tired of living alone by myself and trying to figure it out. I need your help. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Listen, if you said that prayer for the first time, I would love to talk to you after service. You can fill out the connection card. We believe you're saved. Those of you watching online, you text that number that's there, and we will let you know. A person of our team will reach out to you and let you know the way of salvation and the decision you just made. Listen, if people made a decision today, come on, clap your hands and give God praise. You made the best decision of your life. Amen. Pastor Dom is coming to do all. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.